Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. In this very wonderful and delicious conversation with Robin Dowson, we cover so many topics that are so important around pleasure our bodies getting getting to know what our needs are we talk about pleasure and why it's important and how to bring more awareness to our bodies and why that's important um, robin guides us through the four steps to knowing what you want to need and also how to communicate that how to ask for it and there's a lot more as well so i really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as i did Welcome to today's podcast and today I am joined by the wonderful Robin Dalzen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you today? Hello and thank you so much for having me. Um, I am well and I am ready for this conversation and, and feeling excited. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being here. So first of all, I'd love to introduce you with your fabulous biography. So you are an international coach and facilitator, passionate about helping people to find what brings them joy in their body and in their life. Robin's work is at the intersection of mindfulness, consent, embodiment and sexuality, guiding people to slow down and bring awareness to what they desire, practice the skills to communicate those desires and create clear agreements to receive exactly what they want. So I look forward to diving into this with you. You're also the co-founder of the School of Consent with Dr. Betty Martin, creator of the Wheel of Consent. And you have certifications as a transformational leadership coach, embodied sex coach, Wheel of Consent facilitator, and tension and trauma releasing exercise, also known as a TRE provider. And you're completing your training as a sexological body worker and also a collaborator and coach with Self Cervix. Wow. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> well, a list of amazing things. So I'm looking forward to our conversation about so many different elements of your work. And I'd love to start with finding out about how you got into this field. Tell us your story. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm relatively new to this field. And I feel like my entire life has prepared <laughs> me for it. Um, I've always been passionate about personal growth and understanding myself better, spent years in therapy, trying to, to understand myself that way, um, which was a very cognitive approach. Mm. And it was in, so I spent most of my career in working in the environmental sector and in leadership development. So I was working for a nonprofit in Washington, D.C. I was very driven, um, driven in my professional life, driven in my personal life. I was a competitive cyclist. So I was just like living my life, a very full life. And in 2012, I actually leading up to 2012, I found myself dealing with a lot of fatigue mm -hmm to the point that I could barely even get on my bike. Um, I just had no energy, no vitality. And then in 2012 was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And it was a big wake up call. And, um, and I remember this point of, you know, wow, like how, what am I, what am I doing in my life? What, what brought me to this point of breakdown? And, um, and so as I started looking at my life and sort of the pace I was keeping um, and also noticing how I was living basically from the head up 
Mm. Um, you know, it was my mind driving and driving my body and to the point of breakdown. And at that same time, I got involved in a community of women. It was called the School of Womanly Arts, um, led by Regina Tomasur, otherwise known as Mama Gina. And um, on a whim, I went to this weekend gathering and stepped into this room with 200 other women and just felt like this is where I need to be. Wow. And so I jumped into this program and it was all about helping women connect to their pleasure and live a more fulfilling life. And I didn't even know I needed it until mm-hmm. I was, I was in this room. And I, in that point of, of breakdown, it was this breakdown to breakthrough to a different way of being. And it was about connecting more to my body, connecting to what felt good in my body connecting to what felt pleasurable and letting that be the guiding force for my life. And it was a, it was quite a reorientation. Mm. And, um, and so I, I began on this path and, and started to realize, you know, as much as I loved the work I was doing, it was no longer fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I started to find new desires, new passions for how I wanted to be living in the world, as well as how I wanted to be contributing to the world. And what I found was, you know, as we look at these, these global challenges like environmental degradation and loss of resources, so much of the choices we're making in our day-to-day lives are a result of not feeling, Mm. not feeling connected to ourselves, not feeling connected to our bodies, not having a sense of empathy and compassion um, for others and for our planet. Mm. And so I felt like the, the way that I could contribute to the world was by starting at that point, by helping people connect more to their body, to emotion, um, and hopefully letting that ripple out to creating more sustainability and care for the world around us. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. What a journey. And you now call yourself, I saw on the website, a pre- pleasure revolutionary. So what a shift. Yes. So tell me what you mean by that. Yeah. So that, I realized that phrase, um, it carries a charge. Um, and, and the word pleasure carries a charge for many people. And it did for me for a long time, like, Ooh, no pleasure. Uh, uh-uh, that's, I'm not going to go there. Um, you know, we have this sense that the word pleasure means it's something sexual or it's hedonistic. And so part of my commitment is reclaiming and reframe, reframing pleasure. And so if you look up the definition of pleasure, it's anything that creates a feeling of joy or happy satisfaction. And joy is a feeling. It's one of the core feelings that we have. And it's, it's vital to our, our life force. It's vital to our expression in the world. It's vital to our creativity. And so, and it's, it's so simple. Like there are so many experiences that we have on a day-to-day basis that can bring us that feeling of joy. And, and it can be anything from, you know, engaging our senses to, you know, noticing the smell, uh, you know, a, a pleasurable smell, um, you know, the smell, like if, if you, if I say the smell of bread baking, like instantly it, it conjures, you know, a, a sensation in the body um, or the taste of chocolate on your tongue, um, uh, looking at a beautiful sunset, um, taking a walk in nature, holding hands with a loved one. It's like these simple acts can bring us a sense of joy and pleasure in our body. 
and it it calms the nervous system it brings a sense of ease of comfort of relaxation of rejuvenation mm. and we all need more of that our world needs more of that and so for me being a pleasure revolutionary is inviting inviting people to this place of slowing down and connecting to the things that that help us rejuvenate and restore our vitality mm. so that we can show up for what's needed in the world yeah beautiful and i love what you say there about slowing down because i'm sure it's the same for you so many people that we work with and sounds like you've been in that place me too have just lived these hugely busy lives where there's just mm -hmm. no space to stop stopping is like perceived as a waste of time i've got things to do and yes <laughs> and so learning that it's okay to slow down is one thing so what do you notice are some of the common things that stop people from connecting to pleasure um, in the day-to-day yeah, there, I mean, there's the, like the standard um, shame, fear and guilt. Mm. So these are all things that are part of our conditioning, um, whether that is coming from, you know, a family upbringing, a religious upbringing, a cultural upbringing. Um, for many of us, we're taught that we shouldn't focus on ourselves. Yeah. We shouldn't focus on our own pleasure, our own desires. We should put that aside and take care of the needs of others. Or we're taught that, um, you know, it's not okay to feel good in our body. We should shut that down. Yeah. Um, you know, we often, when we, when I think about different expressions of emotion and, you know, some of our core emotions of, of anger, fear, um, joy, um, among those, you know, you might think that anger is, is the hardest for people to express and feel, but actually joy is the hardest emotion for people to connect with. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's more acceptable to be angry or sad than it is to be joyful. Crazy it just baffles me. And so, so there's that, that fear or that guilt or that shame that, that can shut it down. It's also a, a disconnection from our bodies. Um, and so that can be all kinds of things, you know, just getting busy and, yeah. you know, the lives that we live, that we have constant needs and pressures put on our time. And, and so that's a way that we can disconnect from our bodies. If we're just in a constant state of doing, um, we, can, we can disconnect from a sense of pleasure. And then the third one I would say is the ways that we create meaning mm. and particularly believing we're not worthy mm. of feeling good, that we're undeserving. Um, of pleasure, our minds are, are really powerful. And you know, they, they talk about the mind being the biggest sex organ. So through our mind, we can, we can create, there's, there's so much potential for creating a sense of pleasure and joy through our mind. And at the same time, our mind can take us out of those experiences of pleasure and joy um, simply by telling us you know, you shouldn't want this. It's not okay. You're not worthy of it. And, and we believe it. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. This is so much there <laughs> and so many different reasons why it affects us. And one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask around was, again, it's a thing I hear commonly, and I'm sure you do too, is around um, I feel stuck in my head. <laughs> I don't know mm -hmm. how to connect to my body. I mean, when somebody said that to me, you're in your head, it took me two years to even understand what that meant. I was a bit like, what do you mean? I'm in my body. And, and when we're living in our heads, that's a common thing. So if um, any of the listeners out there, that's something they're experiencing, 
how do you what do you recommend as some really helpful things to help connect into their bodies more mm -hmm. that's a great question and and it's one that i hear quite frequently as well um so the first thing is in order to feel pleasure in order to feel anything that feels good we have to feel mm. full stop and and there are a lot of reasons why we cut ourselves off from feeling and so going back to those emotions if if it's not okay to feel anger or it's not okay to feel sad or it's not okay to feel disappointment then it's also not okay to feel joy to feel bliss to feel ecstatic so all of these feelings happen in our body. And if we're afraid to feel one thing, then it cuts us off from feeling anything. And for me growing up, I, it wasn't okay for me to be angry. Um, you know, I remember as a child watching my dad who didn't really express anger but I could see it on his face and in his body. Mm -hmm. You know, he, his eyebrows would, would scrunch together and he'd get these, you know, these lines in his forehead and he'd kind of stomp around the house. And I remember like, I would just try and be calm, try and be nice, not make, not make problems or just like go somewhere else. So it was like, okay, like it's anger's not okay. Mm -hmm. And, and it was the same with, with expressions of joy. It's like, don't, don't be too big in your expressions of joy. Like you can have a little bit, but put, you know, put a lid on it. So it was like all of these emotions. If, if you imagine this spectrum and, and, you know, if you, you know, stretch out your arms mm -hmm. and that's the fullest expression of all of these emotions. You know, for me, it was like, you know, a few inches long. <laughs> and, and so, so this was part of my process of learning how to, to feel pleasure was expanding my capacity to feel everything. Mm. And, and so it was starting first by getting comfortable with the sensations in my body and noticing the sensations in my body. And even being able to name, um, because before we experience an emotion, there's a sensation behind it. Mm. And so it might be a tightening of the chest. It might be um, tension in the shoulders. It might be tension in the guts, yeah. um, might be holding my breath. And so first by just taking inventory of my body, like what's happening right now? What am I noticing? And a great way to do this is with a body scan. And so starting at the top of the head and just slowly moving through each part of the body. Okay, what am I noticing in my face? Oh, I'm noticing, yeah, maybe there's some tension in my jaw or tension in my forehead. Um, maybe it's noticing a, a tightening in my throat. Maybe there's a feeling of numb in my chest I don't notice anything there mm. or maybe there's a feeling of expansion in my belly and so just starting to notice what's there what's moving and that might be noticing uh, tension or relaxation might be noticing expansion versus contraction um, it might be noticing vibration so there might be a tingling or a bubbling um, fizzing, so different types of, of movement in the body. Um, that might be noticing temperature. Oh, I'm feeling warmth in my armpits right now. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm feeling, you know, noticing my feet are cold or my hands are clammy. And, and so just starting to build awareness of sensation in the body is a place to start. Mm -hmm. And then starting to notice what are some of the emotions that I'm connecting with those sensations. 
So it might be, you know, I'm noticing I'm taking some deep breaths in and out. I know it's just naming my breath. I want to, I want to take a deep breath. <laughs> and it's like, oh, there's, there's some relaxation there. Or noticing, yeah, the tension in my chest. I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so starting to, to pay attention to, yeah, there's, there's tension. Um, maybe there's heat in my body. And, oh, I'm noticing some anger. Um, so that's a way to start to move from the pure interpretation of the mind to starting to bring the body online and into our experience. Mm. And, and so as we start to, to integrate the, the mind and the body, and have that awareness of, okay, this is what I'm noticing, this is what I'm experiencing, then we start to have more choice about our experience hmm. or start to notice what are my needs in this moment. So if I'm noticing, yeah, there's tightness in my chest, I'm feeling a bit of anxiety, now I can ask myself what's needed. So maybe I need to just pause a moment and take a few breaths. Or if there's some tension and some heat and I've just had an argument with my partner and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm connecting to some anger. What do I need in this moment? And maybe I need to stomp my feet. Maybe I need to go for a walk. Maybe I need to growl or hiss or <laughs> moan or you know, make some noise. Um, but finding some movement in my body and inviting that movement can help move the emotion through. If I'm feeling a sense of joy and pleasure in my body, and maybe that that exhibits as a sense of curiosity and a desire to move toward, it's like, okay, now what do I want to do with that? And can I allow myself to explore that curiosity, whatever it is. Or if I'm feeling um, a sense of of, um, wanting to be nurtured, um, what is it that I'm I'm wanting or needing now um, that would feel good for me? And maybe that's um, cuddling up with my partner or um, asking for a hug. So with that body awareness, then the next thing is what, what do I want to do with it? How do I, how do I support this feeling and this emotion to move in me to make space for whatever's next? Mm -hmm. And, you know, our emotions, they rise and they fall, they come and they go, and then there's something else that's available. Beautiful. There's so much just there. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it sounds so simple. But it, you know, for me, when I first started to do that, it was actually really difficult because I couldn't give a, a name. I didn't know how to express what I was noticing in my body. And it took me a while to learn what was in my body. And so just to practice that being aware, paying attention to what's there through that body scan. And sometimes that's just what's needed, isn't it? Just that alone can change a situation. Um, Mm -hmm. Just bringing the awareness into the body and taking that breath and going, oh, gosh, that's what I needed. And just Mm -hmm. to take a breath, but also the information that's so rich in our bodies. And Mm -hmm. when someone first said to me, you know, you can listen to your body, I was like, what? Yeah, I'd grown up for decades with just thought my mind was how I navigated the world. And to Mm -hmm. open up to what was in my body was just so profound. So just that minute or two of the body scan and then noticing what's there is so thank you for so eloquently sharing that process. It's magic. And you raise, I mean, there's so much in that, but one thing that you raise, which I really want to, to explore is you then share, then you can tune into what you need. And that can be a step that can be challenging to identify what it is I need when you're not used to putting yourself first or, 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 or um, being asked. And then also the next step, which can be the even harder step is asking for 
that if it involves somebody else. So I'd Absolutely. love you to, to, to speak to this about, you know, why is that, why is that so challenging for, for people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So noticing what we want and need. I don't know if I have talked to anyone. Well, very few people that I have interacted with um, in my life and in my work were taught how to notice what they want and how to ask for what they want. So again, going back to the, the conditioning that we, we received, most of us, was put other, the needs of others first, um, and particularly as women. Um, you know, it's all about taking care of everybody else's needs before our own. And, and, and that's where a lot of our worth is derived from, is how much we give to others. And so this is actually flipping that and saying, no, your needs matter and your, your needs and desires are a priority. Mm. And that alone can just be like, whoa, <laughs> like what? <laughs> and what I have found and going through my own process of burnout was realizing that I cannot give from an empty cup. Mm. So if I want to be a good giver, if I want to serve and support and make a difference in the world, I have to know how to prioritize myself first. Mm. And it goes counter to what so many of us were taught and live and practice every day. And so just trying on that reframe of I'm going to fill my cup so that I have more to give. Mm-hmm. And then how do we do that if, if we haven't been taught that? And if that is not the norm, it can be really challenging to even know, like being asked the question, what, what do you want? Oftentimes people draw a blank. It's like, I don't know. I've never been asked that. I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so the first step is just pausing. Maybe taking a breath. Connecting to your body and noticing and asking yourself the question, what would feel really good right now in this moment? And if anything was available, so the other thing we do is we censor ourselves immediately. Hmm. It's not possible. I don't have time. I don't have the money. I don't have the space. I don't have the partner. We censor. That's too much. And so, yeah, yeah. I'm too much. It's not, you know, what I want is too big. What I want isn't enough. It's too small. It should look this way. It should be this. So just like letting go as soon as the mind will just start reeling off all of these ideas and beliefs and shoulds and shouldn'ts. And so just getting quiet and letting that stuff pass by and sticking with, okay, what would feel really good in this moment? And allowing whatever time is needed for that desire, that impulse to arise. And eventually it will. It might take seconds. It might take minutes. It might take hours. It might take days. It might take weeks. Mm. But eventually, if we give it enough time and space and invite it, it will come. And so whatever arises in the moment, whatever the impulse to then notice and and to trust what's coming up. And it might be surprising. (laughs) You know, it might be like, oh, I didn't know that was there. Like, oh, my, you know, my, my shoulder wants a hand resting on it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, 
Or it might be, yeah, what I really want is just, just lay down and take a nap. Or what I really want is to be held. Or what I really want is for someone to come in and clean my house for me. <laughs> so just like allowing whatever arises to, to be there and to trust whatever comes up. And then to value whatever that is without trying to judge it or make it wrong or you know all of those judgments that come up that it's too much, it's too little, it's too sexy, it's not sexy enough. It's like whatever it is, just let it be that authentic desire. And then from there, it's finding the words and the language to be able to communicate it. Mm -hmm. And that might be just naming it for ourselves. Now, I want to lay down and take a nap. Ah, what a beautiful desire. And maybe I don't have time for that today, but at least to acknowledge it and appreciate that that's the desire that's there. Yeah, I want that. And my wants are valid. Like it's really good to want and I can savor that desire and enjoy that desire, even if I can't have it. Or it might be that what I really want is for my partner to listen to me for 10 minutes while I talk about my day and what's challenging me. And so then how can I ask for that? You know, how can I make a request? You know, are you willing to listen to me for the next 10 minutes? I'll set a timer and, and we'll keep it to 10 minutes and then you can go about your day. So how can we turn that, that desire into a request when it involves another person? And then it's actually allowing ourselves to receive the goodness that's coming towards us. And that can be challenging as well. Like if we add, like we find this desire, we find the words to make a request, our partner says, yes, I'm totally willing to listen to you for 10 minutes, let's, let's go. To actually allow ourselves to receive that gift. Ah, oh, thank you is a beautiful way of acknowledging this gift. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. I really appreciate it. And letting that thank you land, not for them, but for us. Like I am worthy of this gift that's coming towards me. Mm -hmm. So it's a process and all of those steps, the, notice, the slowing down and noticing what we want, trusting what comes up, valuing ourselves and valuing the desires that they matter, communicating them, and then letting the gift land in the receiving. So all of those steps are important and take time. And so this whole process requires us to slow down and to be in our experience and to really savor the experience. And what I have found in that process is that there's so much nourishment and I can really take it in. And it's like, you know, sometimes I'll go for a 90 minute massage and I'll lay on the table and I'll just kind of check out and they'll do their thing and I'll get up and it's like, oh, that was nice. But, you know, I don't feel amazing. Whereas I can, when I can really hone in to exactly what I want in any given moment, and I can go through that process and I can ask for it and I can receive it, I can feel so nourished from that interaction that it can carry me through my day. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love the, the way that you the break it down into these steps with your work, with the the notice and the trust and the value and the communicate and often they're all the things that we're told are not okay or not to do for so many different reasons and I love that you share that this is a process because I was thinking for myself gosh it's taken me years and I'm still in process and learning because doesn't it change if you're with a different partner or it might be a different energy from a different person or somebody at work all these different dynamics can and different phases of our lives can bring up 
new elements of this process to look at. How much can I receive mm-hmm. here? Can I say what I really want here? And what I notice is for some, uh, some people, it can feel so scary, can't it? At the beginning of this, like, if I ask for what I want, you know, will my world <laughs> break down? Literally, will it end? Will people leave me? It can be that scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to sort of jump back to the beginning to say how to, to emphasize what you shared about how common it is that people don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not that there's anything up with them. It's just the way we've been conditioned and, and, and what's valued in our society. And I love the little uh, elements, the processes of just tuning into what is it I want, just noticing. That's the first stage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and, and with that, there's a, the, the other element that sort of springs to my awareness is the tuning into what you want, but also how do you address the things you don't want? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so how do you say no? Because I know that's a big part of your work. And um, we see that all the time. People who find it, if you, if you find it difficult to put yourself first or not a, a familiar place, there's every chance that no will be a word that's challenging for you so I'd love you to speak to that Mm -hmm. yes and and this last year I have had a dedicated practice of saying no and noticing my no and and being able to honor my no Um, I grew up as sort of the role that I took on in my family system was the pleaser Um, you know, if I just did everything right and I was nice and kind and did my homework and did the things I was supposed to do, then, you know, that was how I would be loved. And, and so as a pleaser, it's, it's hard to say no. Hands up. And so, hello, pleaser here. (laughs) (laughs) Any other pleasers out there? Uh, little handshake or hand shimmy there. Um, yeah. And so, that has been part of my repatterning, my unlearning of, of trying to, to let that go and learn that I get to have limits. And in fact, my limits are important. And when I talk about limits, it's noticing what I'm willing or not willing to engage in, in any given moment. And it's and finding my no is an important aspect of speaking up for my limits. And this is something that I work with a lot of people around. Um, and so, you know, for all of us out there who have a hard time saying no, this is also a practice. Mm-hmm. And that same process of noticing, trusting, valuing, and communicating comes into play. And I want to acknowledge Betty Martin for this process as well. So, so Betty, who created the Wheel of Consent and, and my, my collaborator and, and co-founder in the School of Consent, um, this was something that I learned through her. And it has, it has been transformational for me. And so we talked about when there's something we want of going through that process. It's the same thing when someone wants something from us that we need to to pause and take a moment and notice our availability in that moment. And so the first thing is noticing, noticing what's happening in our body. Is our body opening? Is it closing? Are we moving toward? Are we moving away from? So what's the information that's coming from our body And what is our mind telling us? Am I a yes to that? Am I a no to that? Do I need more information? So oftentimes I find if there's not a a time parameter, it's hard for me to find my yes or no. It's like, well, if you want me to do that for five minutes, I'm totally willing. (laughs) But if it's for an hour, I'm a no. And so noticing like, is there more information that's needed? to get clear. And so that process of noticing, like sometimes it's just like a full yes. My, my mind is saying yes, my body is saying yes. Sometimes it's a full no and I'm lighting up, you know, my mind is a no, my body's a no. 
And sometimes it's that in between, like, mm, I'm not really sure. And so then what information is needed? Or is it that I need more time? Mm. You know, give me a minute and I'll get back to you. Or give me a day and I'll get back to you. So, so that's the first step of noticing. And then the next is trusting the impulses that arise. And so if it's like my body's lighting up and I'm a yes, okay, can I trust that? If my body is pulling away and it's, I'm feeling a no, can I trust that? And then it's, it's valuing, valuing those impulses, valuing what's coming up, valuing our yes, valuing our no, and valuing ourselves. Like I get to have a limit. And as much as I want to say yes, I'm really feeling a no. And I value my limits. And so I'm going to stick with the no. Mm -hmm. And then it's communicating that in the clearest, uh, I would also say kindest way possible. You know, thanks for asking. And I'm not available right now. Thanks for asking. And yes, I'm, I'm totally willing to do that. Um, I hear your request and I'm going to need some more time. You know, I hear that you really want this and I, I'm not available. So finding the language to, to communicate our yes or our no, or to, to communicate if we need some more information. You know, I'm not really clear on what you're wanting. Can you, can you tell me more? And, and then it's, it's actually giving the thing that was requested and continuing to notice through the experience, am I still a yes if, if it was a yes? And we might notice that we hit a limit of that's as much as I can give. And can we stop? Can we say, you know, that's as much as I can give or I need to pause and take a moment here. Or I'm, I'm done and, you know, ask me again later. And that can be really hard to change our mind, um, particularly when we've said yes to something and then we change to a no or we, we hit a point of enoughness that that's, that's as much as I can give. And, and so the practice becomes really important and, and noticing the places, the relationships where we can actually communicate that, you know, I'm going to really focus on giving an authentic response. And I'm going to really focus on noticing when I hit a limit and I'm going to say pause or stop or, you know, change my mind. And I just want to give you a heads up about that that this is me, this is for me, this is my practice. And, and sometimes that transparency upfront can, can give us what we need to mobilize in the moment of changing our mind. Um, and so that's another way to, to practice with our limits is to set ourselves up so that we can make the changes that we need in the moment. Mm, lovely and I love the just the so much that I've learned from both you and Betty around the just the simplicity and cleanness of the language that you can use there just no I'm not available for this today you know I'd be like I'm so sorry and if I could do this and justifying my my nose if I could even find the courage to do them with like essays of content whereas now to this place so much cleaner and I think it's lovely just to practice these things in little ways with little things in your life and people you feel safe with to do these to build up it's like building a muscle up isn't it practicing mm -hmm. saying no um, yeah it gets easier over time doesn't it it does and I like what you say about practicing with the little things so maybe it's really hard for us to speak up when we're in a sexual encounter but it's easier if it's talking about day-to-day -day things. And so practice saying no to some of the day-to-day -day things and see how it feels or practice changing your mind with the day-to-day -day things so that when it comes to the more challenging environment, 
that we have that muscle built up. Um, so finding where are the way, where are the, not just the, the people and the relationships, but what are the things that, that feel easier to practicing no to. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> yeah. And yes too. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I'd love to circle back to the beginning because there was something you said about your journey where you shared around um, pleasure became my guiding force. And mm. I'd love you to speak to that a little bit because I just thought that was just such a beautiful, beautiful phrase. I'd love to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I when I think about pleasure, so coming back to an experience that brings us joy, I often link experience of joy and pleasure with desire. And so as I connect to desire, and that is all of those things that bring me joy. And that that has become a guide for me. It's like, it's like following the breadcrumbs, uh, the trail of breadcrumbs. And, and so noticing and giving space to those things in my life that, that bring me joy, that, that spark joy, that spark creativity. Mm. Um, it connects me more to my aliveness. It, it helps me, like, as we talk about receiving and filling ourselves up, it, it's the same process for me of connecting to desire and pleasure and joy that fills me up. And so I start to feel like I'm operating from a place of abundance. Mm -hmm. And from that place, it's like I am overflowing and and then I have more to give to the people around me. I have more to give to the world. And so that for me feels like, why would I want to live any other way? And desire doesn't cost anything. It doesn't take anything. It is, it is an untapped natural resource. <laughs> Absolutely. And so how can I use the, it's like this endless well from within. And the more I can, so, you know, I, it's almost like this internal world of desire versus the external world of what the world is telling me I should want. Yeah. And, and it's very consumer based. It's very capitalist based, like you should want these things and you should, you know, have this and that and look this way and invest in your body in this way. And, and it's like, no, if I can clear that away and come back to what is it that's welling up from within me? And, and it's, I think there's a process of discernment between the two. Um, that can take some time. And, and, you know, there are likewise, there are things that are external to me that are like, oh, I want, you know, I want this new sweater and I want this lipstick or, you know, I want to dress up and feel sexy in my body. But who am I doing it for? Is it to look a certain way for an external audience to get validation or approval? Or am I doing it because it lights me up from within? Mm -hmm. And how can I bring it back to that in all of these desires that emerge? And how can I hold these desires and hold the pleasure of it without an attachment to having to get it? Mm -hmm. And that for me also makes a big difference as I use this as a guiding pathway mm. that I can enjoy the pleasure of wanting. I can enjoy the pleasure of desire and I don't have to attach to actually having the thing if it's a thing or, um, but it's really just like, yeah, it's holding it lightly. 
beautiful. That's such a beautiful note to start to draw this conversation to a close. I'd happily go on chatting. Oh, um, there's so much more. <laughs> so much more <laughs> and a million rabbit holes we can go down. But I think that's just such a powerful message to end on, um, especially at this time in, in, in the world with everything that's happening. You know, for me, I was brought up with that Protestant work ethic because, you know, you work till you retire and then you enjoy pleasure, maybe have one holiday a year, you know, and to decondition from that, to be able to experience pleasure, enjoy it every day. It was just so huge. And and it's still a message that that is so not mainstream in the world because everything is hooked into the external so deeply and so it's just such a that's the revolution of pleasure that we can mm -hmm. tap into what lights us up and allow that to be the guiding force whatever that is for you whatever that is and yeah, yeah. yeah in fact i was i was out snowshoeing the other day with a friend What's that? And snowshoeing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like um, <laughs> it's a it's a winter winter activity. So you strap on. They're called snowshoes that you okay. strap onto your boots that that expand the area that it's like it's like a big imagine a tennis them. racket. Yeah. And and so you can walk on top of the snow without sinking in. Okay. And so we just got this big snowfall. And so I went out with a friend into the mountains and we were snowshoeing. And he made a comment like he said something like, you know, you it seems like you are able to find pleasure in everything. Like is like, what is that? Is that true? And and I just like I just chuckled at the at the the question and I'm like absolutely like even in this moment like we're out here in nature there's like crisp fresh air there's snow crunching be, be, you know beneath our feet i'm moving my body i'm enjoying my time with you it's like there's so much pleasure to be had in this moment mm. and and if we slow down enough in every moment and notice like what's pleasurable about this moment yeah what feels pleasurable in my body right now and just like the ability to move my body i mean it's a privilege and it's such a pleasure the ability to to be outside in nature like such a pleasure <laughs> so like what what are those little pleasures that we can connect to on a daily basis? Yeah, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I'd love to hear from you as this is a Sexy Life podcast and you've, you've shared so much around this already, but I'd love to hear what does living a sexy life mean to you? Oh, yeah, I think it's this conversation. <laughs> living a sexy life for me is is finding those moments of bliss every day it's finding those moments of pleasure and allowing myself to savor these moments and and let these moments be the guide to how i live my life hmm. and that is so sexy <laughs> fantastic and is there one you shared some wonderful practices but is there What's the one practice that you turn to for yourself if you haven't already mentioned it or to, to revisit that, that you find mm. um, is, is a consistent practice for you that really is gold for you? Oh, there are a couple. Can I have five more minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the two that, that I wanted to mention earlier um, that are my go-tos that are really simple one is a practice called waking up the hands, or I also call it a touch meditation. And it's really simple. Take, take any object, small, small object that you can comfortably hold in your hands, lean back in your chair and on your couch, get really comfortable and really slow down and bring your attention to your hands. 
and explore this object with curiosity as if you've never seen it or felt it before and notice what kinds of sensations can you create on your skin by feeling this object and how can you feel more of yourself with the help of moving this object across your skin. And it's a really beautiful way of connecting to sensation and connecting to pleasure. I'm doing it by now. <laughs> mm. I know just describing it, like I'm already like feeling my own hand and feeling the texture of my skin. And so that's another, another way you can explore it is just feel your own body, your own skin as you're putting on lotion, as you're showering, slowing down and noticing the sensation um, is a beautiful, simple, everyday practice. The other practice is moving my hips and moving them in a really slow way. And again, like I, I can't even say it without doing it. <laughs> In my chair, I'm already like slowly. It's like if noticing whatever room you're sitting in, see if you can touch each corner of the room with your hips, like stretching your hips to each corner of the room. And you can do that sitting down. You can do it standing up. So again, really slowing down and savoring the movement. And this is a great way to start to move emotion. So we can get a lot of emotion stuck in our pelvis. Mm. And so this slow hip movement can be a way of digesting emotion and helping it to move through us. It can also feel really sensual and connect us to our sexy lives. Yeah. <laughs> so those, those are my two go-to practices when I'm needing a little pick-me-up or needing to connect more to my body, to my sensuality, um, to down-regulate my nervous system, um, to connect to, to my sensuality. So lots of benefits just in these two simple practices so simple but so so good thank you so much thank you it's been a total joy so uh, such a pleasure <laughs> absolutely so where can people find you online uh, i will put everything in the show notes but just to share now yeah. as well yeah so great way to connect is through my website robindalzen.com um, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, couples coaching, and uh, group programs on the Wheel of Consent as well. Um, I offer 20-minute free discovery call if you're interested in, in checking out if this is something that would be interesting for you um, to work with me, um, as well as the School of Consent, so schoolofconsent.org. Um, there are a lot of materials and information there on the wheel of consent, which is one of the foundational tools that I work with. Fantastic. And you also have an offer where people can download the first chapter of the book. Um, yes. Yes. So, and the, the art of receiving and giving mm. um, the, the book on the wheel of consent as well is a great way um, to dive into some of this work. And yes, there's a, a free chapter that can be downloaded. Um, and that website is wheelofconsentbook.com, I believe. I'll share um, the link. So and I'll share great. all your links and absolutely highly recommend your work and check out Robin's website. Everything's there as well. So thank you for joining us and wishing you a pleasure filled day. <laughs> thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs>
You can book a complimentary call via my website at sararosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running. Wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day. 